Welcome, everyone. Wow, welcome back. Live from the floor of One the Event, One Becoming One, One the Gathering. Uh, launching out of Seattle, Washington today at the University of Washington. Webcast live everywhere. You can go to TransformationTalkRadio.com during the live broadcast, and you'll be able to not only listen to this show, but you'll be able to watch the events that are going on here. Yesterday was a phenomenal day. It was a game changer for me. It was a life changer. I have yet to to be able to process this. I facilitated a panel last night, um, the personal empowerment panel with Ocean Robbins, uh, James O'D, and Lindsay Wagner. And, you know, being in the moment of that, hearing the questions from the audience, hearing what these amazing individuals had to say, and to get to that place, for me, of the world of possibilities, not for myself per se, but how to take a bigger, bigger contribution out into the world. My guest right now knows a lot about that. I'm so thrilled to have Dana Frost joining us here today. She's an intuitive coach, a healer, and this is somebody that guides women to release their emotional baggage and lead expressive strength-based lives. She's someone that certified coach and much more. But wait till you hear her own experience. Wait till you hear what she has been up to in the past 22 years, who the people are that she has worked with, what it is that she has had to face in her own life about fear, what that experience means to her. And I want to thank her so deeply for taking time out of her day and joining us here Dana, thank you so much for joining us here at the Dr. Pat Show. It's a pleasure, Pat. Thank you for having me. Wow. Let's take a look at your life here recently. Um, and, and let's talk about this idea and experience of fear. I think all of us have had different doses of it uh, from time to time. The question I guess I want to ask you is, you know, how has fear shown up in your life and what has it felt like? What has it done to you personally? Wow. Um, well, there, the way that fear has shown up is two, there are two different kinds of fears that I think we all face and that I face. The, the first fear is the fear that leads you towards the fulfillment of who you are in the world. The way that your your contribution, um, your unique your unique voice in the world, and taking those steps can be fearful. I have to tell you, um, you just hit on something that we have not talked about at all. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, boy, I certainly am getting a large dose of this. Uh, from, mm-hmm. from being part of this event, because all of us here said yes, we didn't even know what we were saying yes to. But there really is a lot on the line in saying yes to showing up in a bigger way in life, isn't there? Wow, yes. It can take your breath away. <laughs> and I think, 
It's, you know, it shows, it, it, you feel it physically. You feel the, you know, energetically. You, you feel, I feel it. I'll speak for myself. Um, it does take my breath away. And, but it's, you can, you, that fear, to distinguish that fear from the fear that causes you to shrink, hide, um, you know, not, not show up, um, a fear from the circumstances in your life. There are two, you know, there are two very distinct ways that we face fear. And one, like you said, propels you forward even though you, you, you know, you're afraid, you know that you're supposed to move forward. And so, you know, there are a few, a few ways I think that you, you, you can distinguish, let's say, which fear is showing up. When you know in your soul, like I'm sure you knew in your soul, even though you didn't have all of the um, specific ways to the logistics behind participating in an event of this magnitude, you knew deep down, the, the anchor in your soul knew that you were supposed to go forward. Yes. Would you say, yeah. yeah. And so, but, you know, you, you feel the fear, but you, you still, you, you have to store, you really have to physically, I think, and emotionally move yourself forward when you face that fear. It's, it's no different than me coming on the radio with you, Dr. Pat. This is my first time to be on live radio. But I know with every fiber of my being I'm supposed to do this. Well, you know, this is so in- interesting because, you know, my first experience, Dana, on radio was dialing a wrong number. And you're absolutely right about it. I mean, I did. You know, people say to me, where'd you go to school? Where'd you study communications? How did you learn broadcasting? And I'm like, wow, do I make up a story for them, Dana? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, should I make something up? Or should I just say, you know what? I transposed an 800 number, which I really do, uh, and dialed into an Internet radio station in 2003, said yes, gave him a credit card for 10 grand, never looked back. Nobody listened initially, and I didn't care. Wow. So tell that wow. to your friends, your family, your partner, and all of that. But, you know, here you are. You did the same thing. Yeah, because when you are finally in tune with what your life call is, you know it. And and if you allow fear, or, I mean, I, I'm sure you can't, I don't know about you, but I can reference times when I've allowed that fear to keep me from moving in the direction of my calling, that feels worse. It has consequences on our physical bodies. We feel it negatively. Um, it, it also takes the breath away in a different way because it absolutely deflates our spirit. So one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, what does fear feel like in your body? When you're afraid, and what are some of the things that that show up right at the top of the list of things you've been afraid of? So, which kind of fear? Mm. Pick one. Well, the fear that the fear that moves me towards my calling, or the fear that, or a fear when you're facing a, a health crisis, or the fear when you're moving, or you're moving into a new culture, and you know you're. Mm because there are so many different kinds of fear. Well, let's talk about the fear of a health crisis, because that's the one that, you know, I've had to look at as well. And then we'll talk about the fear mm-hmm. of a new calling, because I think all of us are on the edge of a new calling. I really do. Mm-hmm. You know, we take, we, I agree. You know, Dana, don't we say that word new calling like it's got to be, like all of us have to be the Dalai Lama? Well, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, we don't. We just have to show up in the world in our unique way. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of space for all of us. So what is fear like for you when you are tapped on the shoulder and uh, faced with, okay, Dana, you have to really, you have to really bump up your calling in life. You really have to, you have to raise the bar on, on the game you're playing here. So how does it show up in my physical body? Um, it, uh, in a negative way, it's tension. I feel it's a, I mean, the word that best describes it would be constriction. I don't know if that gives you a clear oh, yes. image. Yeah, absolutely. You're constricted. Your breath, it, it shows up in my breath. My breath is constricted. My body feels constricted. I don't feel free-flowing. My, I'm not physically as open with my body. My arms don't move as freely. It's tightness. Mm. And the, what, what I do when that happens, I just connect right back to my breath. I start breathing. I open up through my breath. And one of the things I say, when I feel fear, I go looking for love. Okay, I'm feeling fearful right now. Love is right there. So I've got to find it. And I go looking for it. What is the message of love in this place of fear? Then I, my breath automatically, when, I, when, when we face constriction, our breath will automatically open up our bodies. And it will open up our spirit because our breath really is. It is the, our breath in the physical world, it is the, you know, it's the demonstration that we are alive because we're breathing. And in the spiritual world, it connects our mind and our body. And so when we connect to our breath, we are really believe that we are connecting to the essence of who we are. Mm -hmm. So just simply turning our attention and our intention to breathing deeply and to settling in, you know, calming the outside voices and listening to our breath, listening to our internal voice and looking for the message of love. Fear is telling me X. Okay, what is love telling me? And love, especially when it's in the um, context of moving towards your calling, love will move you in that direction. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And, you know, what also makes sense is, you know, what you're talking about is understanding and getting underneath our fears. You know, I I made a statement uh, uh, earlier, and I don't know if you heard it. I made a statement earlier about uh, yesterday when I showed up here uh, yesterday uh, morning was the first day of broadcasting. We had never broadcast from this uh, place. Uh, We weren't even sure that we were going to have Internet I, I mean, I could go on about it, but yeah, what, what yeah. I, re, I I'm reflecting now back um, that mm-hmm. you know I show up fearless most of the times in my life for whatever reason. Yesterday morning I didn't, and you know that fear manifested in a wide range of technical problems. Uh, all of us getting stressed out, getting to the point of tension that I can't even describe, Heather getting a major headache, uh, you, you know, and because I, I just, you know, for, uh, even for a nanosecond I couldn't keep it together. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I do know what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Uh, then last I've night I, I had to go home last night. Then I had to, like, forgive myself, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you actually, somebody in your 
Linda, in your organization, said to me, there are no mistakes. And so I think that love allows it allows to be whatever is, you know, okay, we have Internet service, we don't, we're, we've got glitches, the logistics aren't working. Love, the message of love is, that's okay, it will all work out, there is no judgment. And the message, message of fear is, oh, my gosh, we, we, you know, we start getting into what are other people going to think, we're responsible for this, and, you know, we move into judgment. I love, I, I, I can listen to you all day long. You know, I, I love this. You know, I, I want to ask you how you could tap into love. And the reason I want to ask this question is because since we all said yes here, and, you know, honestly, here's the thing for me. When I say yes to something, the whole team is part of that yes. So I didn't ask anybody. I didn't go back and I said, Linda, who lives in New Jersey and New York, and, and, and I didn't go back and say, hey, do you think we should do this? I just said yes. Amazing team of people. You said it. Linda, Perfect. Um, everybody came along. And since we have said yes, and we've been posting on Facebook and other places, you know, folks have said to me, hey, Dr. Pat, how could you do this? Man, you were, like, born in New York. I mean, like, you know, are you, like, some traitor or something? It's very interesting. That's a very interesting Mm -hmm. comment to make to me because Mm -hmm. New York is very important to me. You know, I was Mm -hmm. born in New York. I cry every time I go into New York. I want to talk about this because some of this is tapping into love. I don't condone mm-hmm. what happened on 9-11. I don't know who who does. Mm-hmm. But that's not mm-hmm. what this is about, is it, Dana? No, not at all. Absolutely. I read an article by Peggy Noon in the Wall Street Journal this morning, and she said, we, ha- we can't forget we have to be loyal to our pain. And I was trying to you know, consider, do I agree with that? Do I not? We, we, we have to remember, but we have to find the message of love in the context of our pain. Whatever it is that we're facing, where, again, you know, how can we dig and find the message of love in the midst of trauma, pain, genocide, whatever, whatever it is? Fear, I mean, I really believe that fear leads us down a dangerous road of self-protection, isolationism, and love leads us in a place of peace, acceptance, um, overcoming boundaries. When we take a look at this idea of overcoming boundaries, moving to love, um, and this is something that I was faced with yesterday. We have to release certain things, Dana. What, what are the yeah. keys? What are the steps, you know, to releasing? Because, you know, I just had Dr. Carmen on before. Um, I just had a couple of people on before. And we were talking about forgiveness and, and what it means in the Greek language. You know, the Greek language, it's about detaching. And Thank so, you. you know, part of this and the work that you do is you help people release. Let's talk about that process, what it means at an emotional level and a psychological level. Yeah, I think you have, first you have to, one of the things I, I use in my coaching is you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Mm. So you have to know what you're gripping and what the fear is before you can release it. And so first is just opening up to allow whatever it is that's inside that's feeling fearful, that's gripping to come to the surface. Because it won't come to the surface unless it's, unless there's a safe space for it. And, you know, I'm, um, you know, so the first, the first part is just knowing what the truth of the fear is. Mm-hmm. What's, you know, what's, what's the gripping? 
point. And then I think once, what I have found for myself and for other people is that once they can, once they see, it's almost this aha moment. If they have the space again, yesterday, you know, thinking about you, you really didn't have the space to even, you know, think about what you were afraid of or what was going on because you had to forge ahead. Yeah. You know, and that I think that's why you know, yes, obviously there's stuff, but that's just all a part of the. I think that's all a part of the human experience, and thankfully, you know, those mercies, you you could go home in the evening and just let it go, release it. So you know it, you you recognize it, and then it is giving yourself. The, the freedom and the permission to release it. So, I mean, I really believe there's, you know, there's a psychological piece, there's a, you know, that we have to give ourselves the permission to release whatever is gripping us. Mm. You know, this is really, again, a conversation. And one of the things that came up last night on the panel that I did, Dana, um, was, um, you know, I looked at each of the speakers uh, that were up there, and I was reminded by some of the ancient traditions that I've studied with about the heart having four directions or having four Mm -hmm. parts to it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the three speakers, each of them in their own right, Ocean Robbins spoke about his autistic sons, and he, I referred to him as... As the compassionate heart. Uh, James O'D, who does this profound work in the world, he was hysterical last night. Hysterical. And I called him the laughing heart. And then Lindsay Wagner, who showed up, and I spoke about her being the open heart. And the last part was all of the people watching, all of the people in the audience, the willing heart. And it was in that mm. moment that I recognized the question about willing, and I saved it for you. How willing, or how does willing, being willing to, A, change, being willing to shift, what role, how important of a part does that play, along with all of the tools and the things you can learn? Oh, well, I think it's critical. I think it's a cornerstone aspect of it, because if you're not willing, there's no way. There's no way to, to there, you, there's no movement. If you're not willing, you have to put one step in front of the other. You have to put your compassionate heart out there. You have to, you have to accept the laughing heart. You, you know, you, you have to be willing to show up. And each one of us is responsible for ourselves. So we can't be totally responsible for other people to show up, but we can be responsible for ourselves to show up. I love this. You know, Dana, part of this is certainly you and I are going to have many more conversations, um, and I'm so thrilled that you've joined me here today. I wanted to ask you, in the practice, in the work that you do, what do you see showing up in everyday practical experience for people? You know, what are some of the things you help them do on a real practical level to move from fear to love? The first thing... I mean, there are so many, but mm-hmm. I think the the first thing on a practical level is helping people orient orientate themselves to themselves, to their bodies, to uh, their spirits, to their emotions. Particularly, there's something that we call the body compass, and and feeling in our physical bodies what's going on. 
because I really believe that, and this is based on Dr. Rosenbeck's work, our physical bodies know that what is true for us. It's written in our DNA. And so when, when we're out of alignment, when we're not moving in the direction of who we really are, our physical body begins to give us warning signals. And if I can teach my clients and if for myself, if I can tap into my physical body, you know, every day, every moment, in relationships, in decisions, at the workplace, with neighbors, then I can begin to, um, my eyes, I can know the truth, and the truth can then set me free when I can start feeling these things in my physical body and go, oh, okay, that's what fear feels like, or that's what, you know, um, that's, you know, this relationship is not feeling good. It's constricting me. It's strangling me. There's something that I need to, there's a message here. What's going on? And so it's really first, practically speaking, is teaching people how to pay attention to their physical bodies. Mm. This is so important. Uh, I want to thank you for joining me here today, and I want to ask uh, you one last question. But before I do, I would love for people to find out more about you, find out more about your coaching, find out more about the work that you do. Why don't you please go ahead and give them some information? Yeah, well, I am where they can find me. Specifically, they can find me on the web at www.danafrost.com. And I have a blog called The Delightful Life. Um, they can email me at Dana at DanaFrost.com. Those would be the, you know, the practical ways. And I think you said it succinctly in terms of what I do with clients. I really help women get in tune with their physical bodies, you know, get under the, dive under the surface and figure out, okay, all this stuff is going on in the physical world, but there's a message that's deeper. And, and getting to the depth of that message and so that there can be a release. And there can be an opening because unless we release what we're holding on to, we don't, we can't grab on to what we're, you know, the good stuff that's coming our way. We have to let go in order to accept something that's new. Mm. Dana, one last question here for you, and that is on a more personal note. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave people with here today? Wow. That's a big question. I mean, a big, a big, that's a big, a big statement. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think I said it in my, I sent a newsletter out yesterday, and what I said that really just hit him, I heard that I have to write this. You know, if you find yourself in a place of fear, in a place where you've been knocked off center, and I've been in that place in August, you know, the past six weeks, I've been in that place of just feeling knocked off center. Within you resides all that you need to move forward. And to, you know, just, you, you have love that you can tap into. You have courage that you can tap into. You have what you need to move forward. You, you, you are powerful. Now, you know, you may need a hand to hold. You may need to quiet your life down. Um, you may need some tools to help you tap into that, but within you resides all that you need. Thank you, Dana. Thank you so much for Thank joining you. me here today. Dana Frost, everybody, you're going to be hearing a lot more from her. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Fearless Living, Rhonda Britton, right here on the Dr. Pat Show, broadcasting live from One the Event. 
of 9-11 is love. The temptation of 9-11 was fear, but fear has no place here. So fear, we set you aside to allow love to have its day in the spotlight. We must search for love as if a hidden treasure. Love seeks to be chosen over fear in every situation, every day, and every moment. Where love resides, fear scatters. I did indeed see love on 9-11. I saw love in the courageous stories of assistance, rescue, and vigil on behalf of every man, woman, and child impacted by 9-11. Love moves beyond yesterday's trauma toward today's mercy and grace. Love provides space to heal. Love listens. Love calms the storm. Love finds a crack in the concrete called pain and trauma and finds its way to the sunlight. Love grows and grows and grows many times against all odds. Love binds and sets free. Love sees the similarities in the rainbow of humanity. Love holds a hand. Love is infinite. Love hears what silent lips dare to speak. Love inspires with heroic acts. Love sits and waits because love is patient. Love is omnipresent. Personally, when I sense fear, I go searching for love. Thank you. Jennifer Eurydio. No. SoulsLanguage.net. That's K-N-O-W, SoulsLanguage.net. And I practice love each day, and I practice it by pausing. When I notice that I'm out of unconditional love or in fear, I just pause. And then I work with my divine intelligence to activate the unconditional love in my heart. So let's do it. Take a deep breath. Focus on your tailbone. Just silently ask divine intelligence, to activate the unconditional love in your heart. And after you feel that activation, then just silently offer that unconditional love first to yourself, then to your community and family, and then to the planet. And that's how I'm changing the world from the inside out. Thank you. This is Jennifer Rizzio of No Souls Love. 